Cascade Hoops Talk, bringing the world NAI basketball one podcast at a time. Talk Billy D. Hey, today we're going to speak to Riley Minix, Southeastern Fire Basketball. He plays in the Furnace, the best named facility in the entire NAIA. Uh, Riley, this season, obviously a first team All American. He was also the Sun Conference Player of the Year. And guess what? He's coming back. I think he has two years left. So uh, buckle up in the Sun Conference. Uh, he averaged 23 points a game this season, over 11 rebounds. Really a complete player, shot 53% overall, over 40% from three. I thought it was a really interesting story, his uh, basketball and his family, what a pedigree he has. He's going to talk about that. He's going to talk about how he ended up at Southeastern, how his family uh, helped him make that decision, his uh, relationship with Coach Lovers, uh, a really good guy, really nice guy. Uh, You're going to enjoy listening to his story uh, Riley Minix, Southeastern Fire Basketball. Cascade Hoops Talk, Billy D. Good morning, everybody. We have uh, Riley Minix, uh, Southeastern Fire on the phone, first team All-American. How you doing, Riley? Thank you for being on the show. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. You know, Riley, Before I want to talk about your basketball career starting back, clear back to, to Vero Beach. But before I do that, I just want to uh, congratulate you and the Southeastern Fire on a great season. I know it didn't end the way you wanted to, and we'll talk about that a little bit, but, you know, your first team All-American, you guys won this, uh, the Sun Conference, uh, had some big signature wins, and I know sometimes thing, when the season doesn't end the way you want it to, some of that kind of drifts off and doesn't look as bright, but when you look back on this season, I think you, you'll be, be, be very pleased, and I just wanted to congratulate both you and the Fire. Well, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I, I know the season didn't end as, as well as we hoped, but looking back, like you can you can tell we had some really good good wins and a great season overall. We came together, and I feel like we, we made a decent run at it. Uh, you grew up in uh, Vero Beach, Florida. You had a, a good basketball career. You scored 750 points in your career. You can just talk a little bit about playing basketball there at Vero Beach High School. Yeah, so growing up in Vero, it was more more of a football town. Like oh. boosters would always support the football team, and so it was it was a smaller town, and not really much recognition goes to Vero Beach. And coming out of high school, it was kind of it was tougher, but I feel like I made the most of it, and I got my opportunity to come to Southeastern. So it worked out for the best. Well, you uh, you averaged over thirteen points a game, over six rebounds a game. Now you had a your growing spurt came in high school. I have a question for you, Riley. Did do you feel that fundamentally that helped you that you didn't grow till later because you couldn't rely on your size you when you were younger? Yeah, I would say growing up just from middle school on, like I was kind of I was pretty tall for my age, but I wasn't always the biggest. So I wasn't because you know how nowadays like people if you're the tallest on the team, you're gonna get put as the five man. Right. And all your skill just goes out the window. So yeah. growing up, I, was, I wasn't the tallest. So like I would be playing on the perimeter and it definitely helped a lot. Like being able to work on my handle and my shooting ability. So just being able to be well-rounded and have different aspects of my game, be able to help the team. 
I think it helps, uh, as you just said, if you if you're just tall and get stuck on the five, you don't really work on your ball handling or even your shoot outside shooting. So, yes, sir. You know, yes, you sir. did you did have a pretty good career. You were the 2019 Florida Coaches District 19 Player of the Year. Your senior year, I mean, it looked like you guys you guys could have if if you could have got well if you could have got, got past Osceolo, but yes, sir. Um, you guys had a pretty good team. You played with this is it Javian Cuff. He went over. He Javian played. Cuff. He played football at University of Buffalo. Was he a pretty good ball yes, player? No, he could definitely hoop. Yeah, he, he was pretty good. And then we also had Tommy Lewis, our point guard, who ended up going to Polk State, who was an athlete, crazy talented. Yeah, when hoop. you were a senior, he was kind of the leader of that team, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was. Everybody, everybody looked to Tommy, and he ended up going to Polk State. And I think now he's going, he's going to go to a D1 in Texas, but I'm not completely sure. You know, I mentioned that Osceola game, Osceola game. You guys, uh, it looks like you shot very poorly. You you didn't play your best game. Uh, yes, sir. Did Josh Marte really control the pace of that game? I would say they did. I would say he he did do pretty well, Josh Marte. But overall, like, we struggled. Their big man is what really hurt us that oh, game. Okay, okay. With just the offensive glass. I think he had about anywhere from, like, eight to 12 offensive rebounds that game, which really hurt us. So all the second chance points. And yeah, as you were saying, like we couldn't find, we couldn't find a basket. Our shots were just not falling. And we ended up losing by, I think seven and they went on to win the championship. So I feel like we definitely would have had a chance if we would have got past them, but that's, that was nine a right. You guys. Yeah. At the time that was nine a before they reclassified everything. So how many divisions did Florida have when you played? Was it nine? I think it was nine. Yeah. yeah. So people who don't know, Florida has, I mean, well, nine or ten. They have a lot of divisions in in, the, in yeah. that state. Did did you have a shot clock in high school? No, we did not. How, was that infuriating? At times it was kind of irritating, but I was never used to a shot clock. I feel like a shot clock really helps the game just to speed it up. Because, like, if there's no shot clock, you can just sit with the ball for two minutes if you want to yeah we've all seen those nightmare videos right oh yeah where they're just holding the ball passing to each other yeah now you grew up just a couple hours from southeastern but that's not really why you chose southeastern you know rj barsh recruited you there originally talk about why you chose southeastern so coming out of high school vero beach i wasn't really looked at that much i had a couple d2s looking at me a bunch of D3s, and then it really came down to Southeastern. R.J. Barsh came to an open gym over in Vero, and Coach Lee came to a bunch of my high school games. And, like, I heard about him, but I didn't really know what the NAI was. Mm-hmm. And then when it really came down to it, the two main schools that were really talking to me and communicating with me were Southeastern and Warner. And I went to visit Warner first. I liked their coach, and their school was pretty pretty good. But then that was my first visit, and I was talking to my parents. I was like, Mom, I'm kind of done with all the talking to schools. And I was like, I, I might just pick Warner just because. And then my, my parents were like, no, let's, let's take the opportunity. Let's go to Southeastern, just check it out, see how it is. And then on my visit, like, I kind of really enjoyed the campus, the tour, and just the people that I met there. And I felt like that would be a great place for my next four years. So I decided to go to Southeastern. Riley, I read somewhere that your family gave you a piece of advice that stuck with you is choose a school that you'll be happy at 
even if you can't play basketball. Yes, sir. That's that's always what my mom said. Is that what is that your moms always have the yeah, best advice, don't they? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, I would say that definitely impacted my decision because Warner in Lake Wales didn't really have much. It's kind of in the middle of, not in the middle of nowhere, but like smaller town. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it would have been a lot harder to find myself and be around different type of people because there's not not much going on there. But then when I went to Southeastern, like it really felt like a college campus and the community community here like has really helped me to find out who I am and just be myself and be able to operate in the ways that I do and just make a name for myself here. So I really, I'm really happy that my mom said that and had me go on my second visit because I feel like my decision would have been way different if she didn't. So you uh, signed with Southeastern, you, you start packing your bags and RJ Barsh heads up to Boise state. Yes, sir. Uh, Coach Lubbers comes on board. I mean, what ran through your mind at that point? I just couldn't imagine 18 years old. Yeah. What, what were you thinking? So right when I hear the news, like RJ Barsh is going to Boise State, like first first thing that came into my mind, I'm like, like I talked to my parents, I'm like, what do I do? Like I don't I don't know this new guy, Coach Lovers. Like who's this guy? <laughs> and then I go, so I ended up going back to Southeastern. I think I had like a a little campus thing that I had to do, like a pre before school where I had to get my student ID and like do a little extra tour of the campus mm-hmm. and I come to school and coach Barsh, it was like one of his last couple of days. I sat down with him for like a couple hours with, or not a couple hours, but like an hour with my mom. And we just talked to him about the decision and he ran us through and we were like, we understand like that was, this is the right decision for you. Like this is what your family needs. And then a couple weeks later, coach lovers ends up contacting me and like, these last three years that I've spent with Coach Lovers have been, like, everything I've imagined. He's a great person. Like, he's came in, built a culture, really disciplined, and I feel like he's really set up, set up a real program at Southeastern and for years to come. Yeah, he's been Coach of the Year two out of the three years he's been there, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, and earned both of them. I mean, he's done a great job there. For sure. Yes, so sir. You, so you get to Southeastern – and you you start contributing right away. I mean, it took you a little bit to get going in your freshman season. Talk about the transition from Vero to now you're playing NAI college basketball in the Sun Conference. Yeah. So high school, you didn't really like. It was kind of an eye opener coming to college, like especially going to NAI because like everybody everybody puts the stipulation that NAI doesn't isn't the same level as D1, D2. Coming out of high school, it was like in high school I didn't there was times where I could just get by with the talent that I had mm-hmm. and I didn't have to go hard every day. But in college, like coach let me hear it a bunch of times, especially my freshman year, that first couple months where I would come in and I would like kind of go through the motions. And in those couple months of that transition, it kind of opened my eyes to see like each day means something. And you got to like, you got to pedal to the metal each day, like give it everything you got. Because it might be your last time on the court. You never know. With Especially with my injuries my second year, I sat out pretty much the whole year. Yeah. So it's like every time you step on the court is a new opportunity, and you got to give it everything you got. But those first 15 games, I would say, was definitely definitely a struggle to get through where in high school I played pretty, pretty much played probably, say, 25 out of the 32 minutes at least every game. And then in high school I'm struggling to get – maybe 10 yeah 
And it's like, it, it was definitely tough, but it, it definitely made me who I am and made me work a lot harder and know that I got to give it everything I got every time I step on the court. And in those last 16 games, your freshman year, you scored 20 points or more 10 times. So the game started to come to you. Did it start to slow down a little bit for you? Yes, sir. It definitely did. Especially when I knew I had the confidence from my teammates and coaches that that really helped me to just be myself and play my game. And in doing that, that would help the team win. And you guys had a really good year. You went 23 and eight and Riley, uh, you were first team all sun. I mean, as a freshman, what an honor that was. Uh, sun Conference Freshman of the Year. Uh, you know, I want to ask you about a game. You went up against St. Thomas in that uh, Southeastern, or sorry, that Sun Conference playoff game. You played an overtime game. You played 42 minutes in that uh, tournament. Do you remember that game? Yes, sir, I do. Talk a little bit about the end of that game and, and what, it, what it meant to you guys to get, get them that night. No, that was that was the conference tournament championship game. We were playing St. Thomas, and it was we, the two times we played them during the season. It was definitely a struggle, like close games, and we knew it was going to be a hard-fought battle. But going into that game, like we we had our mindset on like whoever works the hardest in this game gives it everything they got is going to win this game, and that's that's what we ended up doing. We all fought to the end, and we we ended up pulling it out by I think a couple points. Mm-hmm. Their team got in a little bit of foul trouble, and we ended up pulling it out. And, yeah, that was probably one of one of my better memories here. Yeah, that game, you'll probably remember that game your whole life. So then at that point, you packed your bags, you headed up to Sioux Falls. Uh, you were yes, scheduled sir. to play the second day, and, of course, the, the COVID happened, and you didn't get to play. Uh, talk mm-hmm. about the disappointment when you heard. Yeah, I, I would say going up there, like, we ended up finding out right before our shoot around for the first game, and it's we're in the we're in our trainer's hotel room, and we're all getting treatment before shoot around, ready to go, get shots up and everything, and and just go over our game plan for the game. And we end up finding out, and I just I really felt bad for our seniors that didn't get the opportunity to finish the year. No matter what happened, just being able to have closure and see where we would end up. I would say that that was definitely the hardest part. And we all came together. We had a team meeting and they went back. Our team captain at the time, Jeremy Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. ends up going back to his hotel hotel room by himself. And he, he really went through it. And I, I really felt bad for those guys who didn't get to finish the year off. So It was pretty dreadful. Yeah, you know, for sure. And then the, uh, you already kind of alluded to it, your sophomore season, I think yes, um, mid-December or well, early on, uh, you got yeah. injured. Uh, the team really struggled the rest of the season. How frustrating was that, uh, you know, knowing your teammates are out there, you weren't having the kind of year you wanted to have, and, and just nothing you could do about it? Yes, sir. So that year was, was definitely a struggle. I ended up getting hurt in December. It was during spring or during winter break, and I get hurt, and this is the first time like I've ever I've ever been out for a long period of time, and I'm sitting on the bench. I'm like, I felt kind of helpless and like there was nothing I can do. But coach would always remind me, like, you're still part of this team. Like you're you're a big voice on this team. So Mm -hmm. I just tried to be the best leader I could be. And we also had some other struggles with trying to figure out who was were the right people on our team. And like that kind of went into play. And so trying to figure out that culture and who matched our culture and who are the right people to be in our program 
we were all trying to figure all this stuff out at the mm-hmm. same time. And so it, it kind of went downhill, but I just tried to speak positivity into my teammates and keep them going. And I know that year was tough, but we came back and figured it out the next year. What did you learn as a player that year, watching the game from the bench, something you'd never done in your life? Yeah, I definitely learned how to how to be a better leader and talk to my teammates and see what I saw. Because at first, I kind of, when I would see something on the court, I kind of talked to them about everything. Mm-hmm. And coach was telling me, you got to, you got to slow it down. You got to like see everything, but then find this main idea that you want to tell to them. Because if you overload them with information, that's when they kind of get overwhelmed and they end up doing nothing or doing nothing that's going to help them. So you really got to slow it down and find the main points that you want to tell them in hopes to help them. So it, it really helped me as a leader and just being able to communicate better. Yeah, Riley, I want to talk to you a little bit about this season before I do. A lot of fans probably don't know you. I mean, you have one of the deepest basketball pedigrees I've seen. Uh, your Uncle Bill, he played at uh, – he was a four-year starter at Lehigh. Uh, yes, he, I think it's your cousin, played at LaSalle in Siena. Uh, you had yes. an aunt who played at uh, University of Delaware. Another cousin mm-hmm. went to uh, UNC Wilmington. You know, just, just talk about your family and basketball. That's incredible. Yes, sir. So – the my cousin that's plant that played at LaSalle, he's actually now coaching at FGCU. He just got the assistant coaching job there. So yeah, it's definitely been a part of my family, especially on my mom's side. I would just say like we love the game of basketball and it's always been a part of each niche of our family. So yeah, we definitely love the game and kinda we didn't really know it was such a big thing in our family, but looking back at it, like I definitely see how important it was and my cousin that went to UNC Wilmington, I actually went to an AAU game at the Wide World of Sports, and it was like my first AAU event ever going to. I think I'm in elementary school. I'm like, I talked to my mom. I'm like, this is what I want to do. <laughs> like, that's when I figured out, like, I want to play travel basketball. Like, I want to I wanna make it. So it's definitely been a positive impact on me. What do you think? You've got, you're really a well-rounded basketball player. I mean, you get a lot of blocks. You can pound the boards. You're an unbelievably good shooter. But uh, what, what do you think are the skills that set you apart? I would just say growing up, I got to play for Dr. Benny Shaw. He was my AAU coach from third to 10th grade. And the biggest thing for me, I would just say, was the fundamentals, the footwork, the the ball handling, all the little stuff that you don't see that's behind the scenes that comes into play. And all the hours shooting, the form shooting, the just all that fundamental stuff that has really built a foundation for me in my basketball career to be able to add on to that and just grow as a player has yeah. really helped me in my years. Riley, you uh the the fire this season, you went uh, twenty two and eight. We mentioned it before, but you had some huge wins uh, there in the furnace. Uh, before I ask That's you about fair. those games, what is so you guys play? You guys are really tough to beat down there. What is so special about the furnace? Why are you so? Number one, I love the name of it, but what, yeah. what makes it so special? I would just say the the community that we have, the people that come to our games. Like we have fans that show up to every game, and we know them like they're pretty much family. Like. A bunch of people crowd the gym. It, it's just a great atmosphere, and we just feel at home. Like, 
we get shots up every day after practice. We know the gym like the back of our hand, and it's 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 just a great atmosphere to be in and having the support from your family. Like my family comes to all the games, and just the community around the school that comes and the teachers, professors, staff, friends, everybody just packs the gym, and it's a great place. One of the big signature wins you had was right before Christmas. I think you were about 10 and two when St. Francis came to town. I, I might be off yes, a little sir. bit, but, but you guys were on a pretty good roll. Uh, people knew you were uh-huh. good. Uh, St. Francis was really on a roll at that point. Crossroads team. I mean, the whole bit, I mean, it's a storied program and, yeah. uh, you know, you were able to beat them there in the furnace by two points. What, what did that game mean to you? I would say that was definitely a signature win for us. My freshman year, we played St. Francis and, they were probably the toughest team we played my freshman year, and we lost by, I think, a couple points in overtime. And just coming back, being able to beat them this year, it, it really definitely it definitely meant a lot. And knowing that league and how established they are and the just the spotlight that they have as a league and being able to beat one of their teams, it, it really it put us on a different type of pedigree, pedigree and how good we can be this year. And it, it showed kind of other teams and the NAI that we're, we're here to play and we can, we've kind of made a name for ourselves. So it was definitely an important win and it was, it was good for us as a team. And then I think it was two days later or something, Grace, and I think Grace might've, yes, might've been undefeated at that point. Yeah. I remember this game, you, uh, you beat them down the, down the stretch. There was an inlet pass to Malone that somebody, Right toward the end, do you remember the play I'm talking about that iced the game for you guys? It was but, definitely a crucial play. I can't think of you guys the were who you guys it. were fronting Malone at the end. He he was really he you know he's a he's a tough player. There was an mm-hmm. inlet pass. Uh, you guys uh, got the ball on the on the front defense, but to preserve the victory. Uh, but that was two cro- two crossroad teams that you were yes, able sir. to knock off in the matter of three days. So how yeah. confident were you knowing that, and you did that in front of your home fans, that had to be just amazing. How confident yes, were you going into the Sun Conference at that point? No, after those two games, those are probably two of our biggest games of the year and toughest competition. We knew, like, we figured out who we were and we kind of knew as a team, like, who we wanted to be. And, like, we, we had to play the conference games just as we played these two games and we just had a lot of confidence in each other, and I feel like we trusted each other at that point, and we just went from there and kept playing, kept pushing each game, took every game one one step at a time, and just went from there. You ended up winning the the Sun Conference regular season, and then and then you tripped up against uh, Ave Maria in the uh, Sun Conference tournament. They beat you pretty good. What went wrong that day? There were a couple of things that went into play with how we were guarding them like we kind of I don't know if we kind of slept on them but we kind of I felt like we weren't playing to our best of the best of our ability and they had a great game plan coming in being able to guard one-on-one and take away driving lanes and stuff and then stick to shooters because that was a big thing that they did like we got into the paint and we usually would be able to get into the paint and kick to shooters and when we did that they kind of had it shut off so their game plan coming in was really good. And then the shots we did take that were open, we just we just couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. And yeah. just all that coming together kind of 
kind of messed with us and we couldn't find a groove that game. So it, it kind of led to what happened. So then you had, you had a long time then, two weeks. Uh, yes, sir. First you had to Just find out, and make sure you were invited to the tournament, which you were. And then you found sir. out you got to, to host, which was good. You're going to play in the furnace. Mm-hmm. What was the mood of the team going into the 64 team field? We knew it was going to be a hard fought battle each game. And we just had to, we had to work harder. We had to get more in shape. Like coach talked to us after the game and we were like, this is going to be a battle. This like, we got to work these next two weeks. We, we don't have time to sit back and relax. We have to get better. And that's what we, we tried to do. And we went into practice each day and worked and tried to do like get better, work on chemistry, trusting each other, just fixing what we had to. And I felt like we did. But coming down into the opening round, we just couldn't pull it out. Yeah, you dropped that. That was an absolute heartbreak. You dropped to a Xavier. I'm I'm sure you replay that game over and over and over in your mind. But yes, all sir. that aside, what has that taught you? What are you going to take from all that into next season, both you and the team? I would just say that you can't overlook any team like come in and I feel like we didn't but at the same time like we have to trust each other and people are going to make mistakes but you got to move on from that you can't sit and look at every little mistake like you got to move on you got to trust each other you got to keep working keep pushing and as long as you do that like more wins and losses are going to happen so are those uh are those heartbreaks going to make uh, you a better basketball player or are they going to make uh uh, the the southeastern fire a better basketball team. They definitely are. These these losses, they're they're lessons. Mm-hmm. They're more lessons than losses. And I feel like we're gonna take it to heart, and we're gonna we're gonna work harder than we ever have, and come back way stronger than we were this year. And it's all gonna show. Definitely, that believe that to be the case. Riley, the the book on you is you're a very good student. You were a good student in high school. What are you majoring in? I'm majoring in kinesiology, exercise science. I know you're still, uh, what, you've got a, a one year left, two years left to play? I have, yeah, I have two years left. At, when you're all done, find, I'm, I'm assuming you'd like to play basketball after you use up your eligibility? Yes, sir. That's, yeah. that's the plan. So, and you might, I tell everybody this, you might as, you might as well, that's a, that skill expires at some point. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Make the most out of it yeah. while you can, for sure. But when you're all done with basketball, what is it that you want to do? You're a very you're a very smart guy. Yes, I appreciate that. Right now, basketball is definitely the focus and taking that as long as I can. And then after that, I don't know if I I, I definitely want to stay in the sports field, whether and most likely basketball, whether that's coaching, athletic training, physical therapy, recruiting, that type of thing. Yeah. But I definitely want to stay in the realm of sports and being able to help athletes like all my coaches and trainers over the years have helped me. So just give them back. Did that year you sat on the bench, did that give you a little bit of a taste for that? Oh yeah, it definitely did. And I, I can't be more thankful for my trainers that helped me physical therapists, coaches, just not only the athletic side and the physical side, but also the mental yeah. being able to help give me confidence and getting back. Cause that's all I was focused on. And I, I took that hard for sure. You know, before I let you go, I want, I want to ask you, what has it meant to you? I know it was a tough decision to go to Southeastern, but what has it meant to you to be part of Southeastern Fire Basketball? Being at Southeastern has 
has definitely meant a lot. It's given me the opportunity to do what I've always wanted to since I was a kid, which is play college basketball and in hopes to get to the highest level. But just being at this school and having this community and these teammates and the brotherhood that we've created, it's it's just really meant they mean way more to me than just friends. It's definitely a family over here, and I can't be more thankful for them. And it's a great program, and uh, and you, you've still got you've still got some time. You guys are going to definitely make some noise. Yes, sir, for sure. Riley, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show today. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate you too. Uh, that's Riley Minix, first team All American Southeastern Fire. Thank you, Riley. Thank you. Have a good one. <laughs>